This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Paul McCollum, Director of Consumer Acquisition at Babylon Health. Paul, welcome to the Business of Us podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. All right. Today, we want to bring up a case study for what app store optimization is capable of doing for an app's visibility on app stores. People read and hear about app store optimization a lot, and knowing ACO techniques is crucial. But learning from first-hand experience is really important, too. So case in point for today's conversation is Babylon Health app for UK's leading digital healthcare service, and how, by applying ACO techniques, its team could shift the user acquisition equation from Apple paid search ads to native search. Paul, tell us about yourself, please. Hi, so I'm Paul McCallum. I currently live in Chelsea in West London, uh, but you can probably tell from my accent that I'm originally from Scotland. I was born and raised in the Vale of Leven, which is a small town near Loch Lomond. It's about 45 minutes away from Glasgow. Very fortunate at the moment that my commute to work at Babylon is just a 20-minute walk. Although actually right now, just like the rest of London, I don't actually have to commute, so I'm actually stuck in the house due to COVID-19. So I'm sure the bulk of our audience has heard about abstract optimization techniques, but let's make the case for why it's important for an app. So app store optimization is vital to any app. And I have a sort of a little way of describing this. It's a good way to look at this is that your app store page is a bit like your shop window to the world. And like all good shops, you want to make this as appealing as possible so that people decide to come into your store. That's what a shop window is all about. But for me, app store optimization is more than that. It's more than just getting them to come in. It's also vital to helping people find out that you have a shop in the first place. By improving your organic visibility, you can get more people to look in that window for free. And that means you don't have to rely on people like Facebook or Snapchat or Google in order to get them there in the first place. That's a cool analogy with window. (laughs) I'll remember it. Now let's talk about the Babylon Health app itself. To lay out the case, let's begin with the time when you joined Babylon Health team Did you use uh, paid search advertising back then? And what was the ratio kind of between native vs paid? And how has it been changing over time? So Babylon Health is an app that I I joined back in September 2018. And it's a healthcare app that allows people to speak to a doctor on their phone. It has a chatbot and so on and so forth. And so when I first joined, we used a variety of different paid channels across Apple search ads, Google UAC campaigns, paid social on Facebook. And yeah, so when I first joined, I think our percentage of installs was about 75% paid, 25% organic when I first started. But over the last 18 months, I guess it is now, we've managed to sort of flip that ratio completely around. So now when I look at the numbers for the UK, 75% of our installs come organically and we only actually pay for like one in four of them. So 25% is now paid. So we've seen a real shift in the past 18 months. So it kind of flipped the picture completely. So did you take on the task to apply ACO techniques for your app on your own or you look for help outside? And if the latter, 
And did you have certain criteria for search in mind? Uh, what was the process? That's a great question. So when I first joined, my focus was on improving our paid channels. I have to be honest. We were obviously spending a lot of money on our paid channels and there was a lot of room to make efficiencies there that would save the, the, the business money to, to spend elsewhere, basically. So I guess when I first joined, I was really focused on changing agencies. So we actually selected Brain Labs uh, to help with our paid digital channels and they did a really great job improving our search and our social channels, including app install campaigns. However, I'm a great believer in sort of trying to learn how to do things in-house. And so over time, we actually moved our paid digital spend back to a team of in-house people. And that was all done in the first six months. So we changed agencies and then built a team. So once we had that paid activity in a decent shape, I knew that we needed to sort of improve our organic performance. And so we'd already picked a great SEO agency in Verve Search, and they were doing great work on our websites. But websites and app stores, two very different things. And so I quickly recognized that for the purposes of app store optimization, I needed to get a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of skills to look at that. But I basically reached out to a few friends in my network. I've been in marketing for like 20 years and I sought some advice as to who would be the best agencies to consider. And that's how I became, I was introduced to an agency who are sorry to confuse people, are actually called ASO. They're now called Jellyfish because they were bought by Jellyfish, but at the time they were called ASO. And I think they're still called ASO as part of Jellyfish. And so I was introduced to them by a friend and I knew that after a couple of introductory meetings that those were the right guys to work with because they only focused on app store optimization. And so they were really experts in their field. And I just knew that they would give us the skills and the tools to help us improve Babylon. Gotcha. So you got help from outside. Now, what was the key SEO factors you focused on to improve your app ranking on the app stores? Was it about ranking improving uh, for the iOS app store, Google Play store, or both? So we wanted to improve on both, definitely. So we wanted to get our iOS and our Android into the top three of the app store. It was, it was kind of like a company, a company goal that we'd been set. And it was sort of clear from working with ASO that we had, I think one of the first things that became important is that We had a host of important keywords that we had never optimized our app store listings for. And so that was obviously one of the key things we knew would help improve our ranking factor. But the second thing we knew we had to do was we had to improve the look and feel of the actual pages and screens that we had in the store. Because we knew that bringing people to the store was one thing, as I said earlier, but you also want them to actually install the app. And it's by combining those two factors that you get to improve your ranking, basically. Right, so you're missing the opportunity for many keywords that were actually driving people to your app and you discover that there are way more ways to connect your app with the audience using more keywords that were relevant but kind of hidden for you beforehand. Now, let's talk about specific things you start applying to the app to gain more visibility through this process and what kind of results you achieved afterwards. So again, working with the agency ASO, We completely revised the copy that we had across both iOS and Google Play. We had different rules for each platform, and so we had to make sure we followed those rules to sort of improve our visibility. But one of the very quick wins was looking at declared keywords that we had in iOS. And these are keywords, obviously, that iOS allows you to add to your App Store listing to help it understand what it is you want to rank for so that you can have a chance to put your app in front of the right people. We were basically missing some huge opportunities here More importantly, we were not actually leveraging our full potential because we were duplicating some of those keywords within our title and description. 
And the way that the iOS algorithm works is that you don't really get any benefits from duplication. So we were actually like not taking advantage of the, the opportunities that we had in front of us. So by just tweaking that really in the first sort of set of reviews, we've seen some big improvements. I mean, some headline stats here were that we've seen 217% growth in the number of keywords that were ranked in the top three and 180% growth in the number of keywords that were ranked in the top 10. So basically, we suddenly were appearing for a lot of new keywords and these were like keywords that were appearing right at the top of the organic listings. And that was a huge change for Babylon and that really helped us drive our visibility but also our ranking in, in, as time went on. I'm just curious, uh, do you still see these results? I mean, obviously, abstract optimization is kind of, a, it's a process. It's not really just one-time deal. So the numbers may not be like on the top of your head, but just in general, do you see you're holding the same positions that were achieved back then now? So it's, it's a great question. So obviously, you get that first big one-off uplift as you, as you fix things that have been like not, as you might say, like your garden's not been tended and you, and you get it sorted very quickly. But I guess one of the things that ASO have been really good for us at doing is like is making sure that we always test and learn and, and experiment with what happens when we tweak some of those keywords. So at Babylon, over the time, our commercial offering has been changed as we, as we work with different partners. So there's always the opportunity to look at how we would rearrange some of the keywords and copy within both iOS and Google Play. And so it's it's really, really important that you don't just rest on your laurels and you always look to sort of uh, improve. So I would definitely say that even though we've been working with ASO now for well over a year, uh, we continue to see strong performance in organic sort of listings. And I think that's proven by the fact that 75% of our installs now come organically. And the majority of them come through search within the app store as well, which is really important. Awesome. Did you see the impact of ACO techniques you had applied and how much money you spend on paid search advertising afterwards? Let's compare like how much money you were spending per one app install before and after you applied ACO techniques. Yeah, again, a really, really, really good question. So, I mean, the headline figures here that after we had finished the round of optimizations with ASO, we had managed to reduce our, our digital spend by 65%. So, looking at within the space of four or five months, we had managed to do that feat. So, in terms of an ROI, the money that ASO charges you as a fee is, I can assure you, a lot less than 65% of our paid media spend. So, it's, it's a real winner there. And it kind of works more than just about ranking organically. There's the fact also that because you're uh, improving the conversion rate of your store, it means that any money you do spend on Facebook or on Google or on Snapchat, it just works that much harder for you because you basically it costs you the same to get somebody to, to look in the window, but now more people are deciding to go in and, and, and actually check out your app. And so that means that you can actually save money by having better organic listings, but also save money because of the fact that your paid search just works that much harder. So your CPIs as a result can come down. That's smart. That's a really good holistic approach and user acquisition when you compare both channels and make sure they play together really nicely. Okay, now this part of the show, I have a few just uh, general questions, not about the app, but yourself. Are you iOS or the Android person? iOS now for the last 10 years. Last 10 years, pretty much from the get-go, right? Pretty much, uh, you know. I did have a Samsung back in the day, which I loved. And that was actually the last ever phone I had stolen was that Samsung. And after that, I moved to iOS. So uh, maybe it's been good luck moving to iOS. I see. Do you remember your first mobile phone? 
I do actually, and I guess I'm going to show my age here because it's uh, it was a Sharp NEC, which uh, I I don't believe exists as a mobile phone manufacturer anymore. Yeah, I cannot recall them in business of mobile phones in production either. What is your favorite app now? So I had to think long and hard about this. I would actually say it's the Financial Times app, so the FT, and mainly because it keeps me up to date with what is happening in the world. I use it every day. It has good, unbiased reporting, in my opinion. Coming from a a publishing background, I used to work at The Economist. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a talk between The FT and The Economist, so I hope any Economist listeners don't take offence or anyone I used to work with, but I think The FT just edges it. They use subscription model, right? I have a subscription as well. I guess the fact you pay for it means that you want to actually get the most out of it as well. I think there is an element of that involved. You know what you pay for, as they say. That's that's right. Speaking of new app technologies that are on the horizon, what are you waiting for? What would you like to see in the apps in the coming future? So I think for like new app technologies, it would be really rude of me not to talk about Babylon at this point as well, and not just to sell my company. But I do think like healthcare apps and fitness apps in general are going to be one of the things that really help improve people across the world. And I think like the key here for like these apps is that we should be focusing on when people are not just sick, but when people are like stopping them getting sick in the first place, if that makes sense. So how do you monitor people's vital symptoms? So things like heart rate, things like exercise, and then maybe flag that things are like not how they should be so that people can start to pay closer attention to their health and spot things earlier. And I think Babylon is really trying to get to that spot. And I hope we are the first people to do it. But I think in the years to come, there will be apps that do this. And those apps will like save a lot of money from healthcare costs around the world. Yeah, healthcare is the industry for disruption, for sure. It's really important. Now, before we're going to be wrapping it up, uh, how people can get to know more about what Babylon Health do? So Babylon's got a really clear mission, which is to make healthcare available and affordable to everyone on the earth. So everyone in the world, whether they live in a, in a rich country like the UK or the US, or whether they live in a poor country like Rwanda or countries in Africa. So that's our mission. And we, we intend to do that by obviously putting a mobile phone Everyone in the world has got a mobile phone almost, whether it be a smartphone or even a feature phone. And it's been able to access like the wealth of knowledge that AI can bring to healthcare. And that's what the world of Babylon's about. So to find out more, you can obviously go and visit the website, which is babylonhealth.com, or you can search for us in the app store. So we're live in a variety of countries. We're in the US, the UK, we're in Canada. We're obviously in Rwanda as well. And we also do a lot of work with uh, Prudential in Southeast Asia. That's great. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you for coming on our show, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. And that was Paul McCollum, Director of Consumer Acquisition at Babylon Health. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment, it is highly appreciated. And remember, all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Till the next time, bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data, and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. 
For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.